This is my Bible. I believe it is God Almighty in written form. And today it will enter my heart, my mind, my emotions, and my body, conforming me to the image of Jesus Christ, to the glory of the Father. Ooh, amen. Hallelujah. I, I tell you, we have a strong word today to share. And uh, <clears throat> we were sharing about the glory of God. And we've been sharing a lot, the vision of 2022, in the context of the scripture of John 2022, where Jesus breathed on the uh, disciples, and that's how they got born again, just like when Jesus breathed into Adam, Genesis 20, 22, the Ruach of God, the breath of life went in to Adam. And the life of God himself was imparted to, a measure of the DNA of God himself was imparted to Adam and he became a living being in, in Eve, glory to God. And, and, and the New Testament correlate for the Hebrew word Ruach is of course, Numa. It's the breath of life, amen? The breath of life. And the Bible says that, again, when we were born again, the wind, the breath of life, caused us to, man, our evil nature to be negated and the life of God, our born-again spirit, a born-again heart to take its place. The greatest miracle, amen, that will ever take place. And uh, we shared a lot about, man, speaking, God speaking through you, amen. First uh, Peter 4.11, if a person speaks, let him speak as if God was speaking through him. And we gave a, a number of verses so powerful, Hebrews 4.12, the word of God is alive. And when you get the word of God in you, hallelujah, that's Jesus in you. And when you speak, Jesus will come out of you. That's why it's his voice and not your voice. Amen. The Christian walk is all about his life reigning in us because we do not have life apart from him. Amen. Glory to God. And we share Psalm 29, uh, Jeremiah 23, 29, Isaiah 49, 2, Isaiah 11, 4, Mark 11, 22 and 20 to 24. And what we want to enter into today, I'm real excited about it. I tell you, I was tired last night. It was about quarter to 12. I was getting ready to go to bed. And man, the Holy Ghost just really came in a powerful way. And uh, man, I, I tell you, I got to bed real late, but it was worth it. Jesus just came in. Hallelujah, Jesus. Amen. We're going to share the root, the spirit of the miracle. A lot of times somebody will see a miracle, maybe the blind seeing, uh, you know, the crippled walking, uh, even the dead being raised, and, and they're excited, and, and rightfully so. Matthew 10, 7 and 8 says, well, do the works that Jesus did by his grace and by his mercy. Amen. But what I want to share with you is any miracle in our life that we need, it might be inner healing. I think we all need that. I pray every day, man, for my soul to be restored from things that have happened that are not good. It might be a familiar sin that tries to get a hold of us. It might be, I mean, a hundred different things. We need a miracle financially. We need a miracle in our kids. We need a miracle this way or that way. And what I want to share today is the greatest miracle isn't what you see when something happens. It's what God does on the inside of you that causes it to happen. Okay? The root is the key. You know, the blind seeing is a fruit of the root. And a lot of times, you know, 
we're told Mark eleven twenty two to 24 about Jesus. Speak to the mountain, amen, through the word of God. And the mountain will go into the sea. Obviously, it's true. But a lot of times, I find that, and I can get caught up in this as well, my speaking, I think, okay, I'm going to follow this formula. I'm going to speak this and speak this and it'll happen. But you see, the scripture is not a formula. The scripture is Jesus. Amen? So what I want to get across, what the Holy Ghost wants to get across to us, is the roots of the fruit. Amen? The root miracle that causes the mountain to go in to the sea. It's not just what you say, but how you say it. It's not just what you say, but who you look at. Glory to God when you say it. Amen? I'm going to say that again. It's not just what you say, it's how you say it. It's just not what you say, it's who you're looking at when you say it. Amen? Glory to God. God doesn't move because I've said the right scriptures. Come on, I know that's strong. God moves because of my, he's caused me to see the scriptures as who he is by his grace and mercy. And when I quote the scriptures, it's just not because I quote them, it's because I believe them because I see him through the scriptures. Amen? Glory to God. Man, you go to otherwise. Well, I quote this, I quote, I believe in quoting the word. I quote it more than you know. Man, I'm driving somewhere an hour away. I quote the scriptures for that hour. But the bottom line is, it's just not what we do, but how we do it and who we see when we do it. Glory to God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Amen. He is the word. He's the author and the perfecter of my faith. He's the one that brings it to pass. Amen? Amen. Glory to Jesus. Oh, man. I remember being in Catherine Coleman's services. I mean, Pastor Kathy received a great miracle in one of her services. And, and I tell you, well, we started dating right after that service. Huh? Amen. All right, I won't get into that. All right. But, man, I remember being in Catherine Coleman's services. Uh, honestly. And, and, and they were amazing. Seriously. I mean, the glory of God. I mean, one time, man... Friend of mine, first service I went to, he says, uh, I'm going to pick the, the service started at 10 o'clock and uh, soldiers and sailors uh, used to be in uh, Oakland. He said, I'll pick you up at 8 o'clock. I said, fine. You know, service starts at 10. He said, no, man, not 8 in the morning, 8 at night. You've got to sleep over just to get in on the street. I mean, one time, man, people are waiting to get in. And, and man, uh, there is a, there's a baby that died. And man, the Holy Ghost was so strong that baby was resurrected before. I wasn't there, but it just thought it was, you know, that it shared it. Oh my goodness. But you see, her eyes were on the Holy Ghost. I remember one time in the service, she just started weeping, weeping. And because she felt like people were grieving the Spirit of God. Just weeping. Man, unforgiveness will get you. She used to tell the choir, I know people in her choir, man, if you got unforgiveness, man, please don't even sing. I mean, she, she, don't grieve the Holy Ghost. Because she, she was looking at him. The mindset on the Spirit of God is life and peace. All right, I'm excited about this message because to me, this is what it's about. You know, 10 lepers were healed, and man, nine didn't even come back. To give thanks. Man, when you enter into the root of the miracle, whoo, glory, that's when it abides. All right. 
So let's jump 14, 12. Again, it's exciting. The blind see, the deaf hear, the you know, dead raised, whole deal. You know what I'm saying? Broken hearts healed. All of Luke chapter 4, deliverance of the captive. Amen. But what we want to enter into, glory to Jesus, is the root that brings forth the fruit. Okay? So, so let's, let's just do that right now. Glory to God. In the book of Daniel, the Bible says that there's a paradigm. Those who know their God will do exploits. Woo, glory. Not those who went to uh, you know, seminary necessarily. That can be okay. But I'll tell you what, it's not about seminary. It's about Jesus. Those who know their God shall do exploits. Mark 3, 14, Jesus said, I've called you to be with me, man, to heal the sick, preach the gospel, heal the sick, cast out demons. A lot of people get caught up in the last part. But he called them first to be with him so they could know him. Amen? Glory to God. Philippians 3.10, that I might know him intimately. I might know his heart. Then I might experience the power of his resurrection and then enter into the fellowship of his sufferings. Man, I mean, humanity being lost uh, to such a degree and the need for Luke 4 to come to pass. The job description of, the, of Jesus when he was on the earth and our job description now. So it's, it's about knowing him. Amen? It's about knowing him. What hurts him? Man, I, I believe hurts him. I love that song we sing the last two songs. I love it. Man, he's too good not to believe. I don't feel sometimes like it's working. I, don't, I feel like it's getting worse. I feel unjustly treated. I feel this way. I feel that way. I feel, but I got to say, God, you're too good not to believe. It's not about me getting what I need. It's about ministering to his heart, knowing that I believe him even in the midst of the storm. Amen? Glory to Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah, Jesus. All right. So let's, let's look at the root, amen, of the miracle. Glory to Jesus. And the root of the miracle is God. <laughs> it's not you and I. He will flow in us, through us, and for us. But it's about him, amen. A lot of times we get caught up in the circumstance. Is it first age cancer, third, fourth? We get caught up in us. What would people think? You know, what this or that? It's about him. Amen. So first, very simply, go with Romans 8.32. I'm going to look at some things as quick as we can because there's a lot here, okay? Woo, Jesus. Man, since God. Romans 8.32. Most of us know the scripture verse. But man, it's just so powerful. Because in all of our lives, there's times of trial. We feel condemned. We feel, you know, not, something's not working. We feel this or that. We made a mistake or, man, we don't feel appreciated. Whatever it is. Mm, Jesus. In Romans 8.32, it says, He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Man, if Jesus paid the price of being physically decimated, his beard plucked to where he was defaced, marred so much you couldn't even tell he was a man, whipped so bad there's no, his sinews are hanging out from his stomach to his back. 
And in that way, tried to carry a cross. Man, then spikes through his hands and through his feet. Became, uh, became sin. Not just died for us, but as us. To the point where he's separated from the Father. I mean, no one knows how much he suffered because it was infinite. But we know he suffered in a way that if he paid the press, amen, for he has to be healed emotionally, physically, surely will he not with him, with the sacrifice, manifest what the sacrifice was for. Amen? That's just logical, isn't it? Glory to God. See, the root of the miracle is the love of God. The love that caused him to do that for you. If the, he loved you enough to do that, will he not love you enough to manifest the fruit for what he died to produce? Now, I understand, man, when someone's in chronic pain, when someone feels unjustly treated, when someone, man, has lost someone, it's hard. And the enemy will do everything he can to cloud your mind. But the only thing that's going to take away those clouds is, is man, it's seeing what Jesus did for you and seeing his love for you and me. For surely, as the scripture says, if he gave him up to infinite suffering, will he not, through his infinite sufferings, give us all good things? Ooh, glory to God. Man, how about you? That's enough right there. John 17, 23. Man, I and them and thou me. Mm, that they might be made perfect in my love in the sense of being whole in my love. That the world may know that I love them even as much as I love you. You know, I used to always quote that verse and say that that said that, that the Christian might know. But he's talking about the world. Obviously, it applies to us. That he loves the world, even in their sinfulness. How many know that God, isn't it amazing? God doesn't love you any more right now, even though you're saved, than what he did when you were not saved, cursing his name. His love didn't change. He didn't love you more when you accepted him. He was simply able to express that love when you accepted him. Shh, glory. He loves us. As, the Father loves us as much as he loves his only begotten Son. John 15, 9, Jesus says, I love you as much as I love my Father. Ooh, that's the root of the miracle. If he loves me, as much as his only begotten son. Man, he's going, glory to God. Jesus. Man, most of you know, I always go, man, I, I go to sleep quoting John 17, 26. Man, last night it was late, going around one o'clock in the morning, and I said, Lord, I just got to read John 17 one more time. And Jesus came, Kath called that, and she said, man, you need to get to bed. I said, I know. But this is so good. Man, I have declared unto them thy name, and I will declare it. So that the love that you love me with, they would be loved with. Man, so my love would be in them and I in them. Wow. 
That's the root of the miracle. We believe that. Amen. Go with me to Luke 9. Glory to Jesus, if you would. Luke chapter 9. We shared on this prior, but I'll tell you, it just floats my boat, so to speak, man. I'll tell you. Luke chapter 9, verse 28, came to pass about eight days after these things. He took Peter and John and James, went into a mountain to pray. And as he prayed, the fashion of his countenance Oh, was altered, and his raiment became like the noonday sun. And behold, there talked with him two men, Moses and Elijah, who appeared in glory, and spoke of his death that he would accomplish at Jerusalem. Jesus, in that time of his greatest need, obviously called upon the Father for grace to endure the sufferings that he would enter into. But man, he has, glory to God, he has Moses and Elijah come as he prayed. What was he praying? Well, obviously, he's praying about going to the cross is one of the things he's praying about. And then here appears Elijah and Moses. Why do you think they appeared? I know he was strengthened, the Bible says in the book of Luke, by angels, and that's amazing. But man, I believe they came there to encourage him, to strengthen him. Because these are people he's going to die for. He was so intimate. Man, we just did a series, Exceeding Intimacy with God. It's one of the best things we ever did. He was so intimate with these guys. So, whoo, he had them come down just to be with them on the mount to talk about his death. To be encouraged, I believe, by them. Where were they there? Wow, that's amazing. When we see how intimate we are with the Father, that's what we're going to receive from the Father. Amen? Ooh, Jesus. Glory to God. Mm. Ephesians 4.30. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Man, it's amazing. The Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is in you and I. He doesn't have no place to run. Man, you, you, we make wrong decisions at times. Well, I'm going to stay in unforgiveness. I'm going to stay in doubt. I'm going to stay in fear. I'm going to be angry at God. I'm going to be this or that. And it grieves him, hurts him, but he stays with us. Man, it's because he loves us so much. Man, if he loves you enough to stay with you when you're dragging him through sin, not that he sins, obviously, but he's in you when you sin. He doesn't leave and then come back after you repent. Surely he will minister to our lives. You know, one of the, the shortest verse in the Bible. Man, I, I tell you what, in John 11, two words, two words. It says Jesus wept. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Oh, man, John eleven thirty five. Jesus wept. Man, now he's getting ready to raise Lazarus, so. But he was so overcome seeing the hurt of that situation. The Bible says he groaned in his spirit, troubled in his spirit, and he wept, groaned again. Wow. You know, that can change your life. You see Jesus weeping for you when you're hurting? 
You see Jesus weeping for you. Man, when you're going through something, weeping, just weeping, waiting for you and I just to agree with him. Amen. Or as we're agreeing with him, believe in him that all's going to be well, even when it hasn't come to pass yet, but it will. Wow. Glory to Jesus. Man, the prodigal son. Man, that, that's brought life to so many. I don't know about you. We've all been at times, you know, made wrong decisions. We've all struggled at times. I don't know anybody that hasn't. And when you came back to Jesus, man, he's just waiting for it to embrace you. Amen? Isn't that amazing? Can the prodigal son Ask for half the inheritance. I, I, I thought, man, man, if I, if I had a million dollars, the guy was rich. And one of my kids said, I want my inheritance. And I knew they were going to go out and do stupid stuff. I would say, really? You know what I'm saying? There's a the door. You know what I'm saying? When you get your head on straight, maybe I'll give you something. Jesus knew what he was going to do with that. The father knew that was represented by the prodigal's dad. He knew that. But you see, he let him take the money, the giftings, and use it wrongly because it's more important to him not to lose the money but for his son to learn a lesson. The time I was ministering at, well, Terry Smith and I were ministering at a Clearfield County Fair and there's this guy. I was amazing. He made like, Couple thousand bucks a day. He said, I, I just get a grab a crowd. I need everybody to give me $40. It's like, he was so convincing. Everybody did. And he said, you're, you're going to get a chance now to get a thousand back about, well, of course, they, some people want and everybody's excited. He walked away with half the money. And I went up to him. I said, man, you got a gift. I said, I really believe that God's ordained you to be an evangelist. He looked at me and he said, I know. But see, he was bastardizing the gift for sort of for wrong gain. But Jesus didn't strike him dead. Jesus was still, his heart was going out to him. Amen? Man, the prodigal did all that he did. I mean, sexual sin, riotous living, just a mess. Comes back after being in a pig pen for days. He smelled like a pig. He Horrendous. And the father's looking for him. Not to chastise him, not to curse him. He come back, man. And the father embraces him. He embraces him. Kills the fatted calf. But not only that, he gave him the signet ring, which is like a credit card today. A signet ring had the initial of the person on it and you put it in the wax when you're going to barter or get something. He gives him back inheritance that he didn't even deserve. Why? Because you see, that son learned who his father was while he was in the pig pen. And the father rejoiced. Glory to Jesus. Man, mercy. 
In his mercy, he gave him the signet ring. How much more will he heal us, help us, bring us forth, give us favor, finances we need? Jesus, glory to God. Hallelujah. The mercy of God. The Syrophoenician woman, right? Mark chapter 7. Man, she comes to to Jesus like she's under covenant. A lot of people do that. Man, they're not walking with Jesus at all. You know what I'm saying? But then they're praying to Jesus, right? In their time of need. You know anybody like that? I get kicked out of people, man. I can't stand the gospel you preach. I have people say that. I was on a couple boards, the secular boards. Man, you're just not politically correct. You, I don't even like you at all. And then they give a heart problem. I'm the first person they call. <laughs> I want to say I don't like you either right now. You know what I'm saying? I don't. Amen, I don't. Of course, of course I will pray for you. She came like she was under covenant. And Jesus said, I can't give you, you're not under covenant. He says, man, healing's the children's bread. It's the bread of covenant. And she said, Lord, even those under the table, either the crumbs of the bread. He said, for this saying, your daughter's healed, and she was. If God heals an unbeliever in mercy, will he not heal you under covenant? Come on. This is the essence of the root of the miracle. Ooh, the spirit of glory. The spirit of glory. Oh, man. Spirit of God bears witness that you're a child of God. Spirit of God bears witness of the Father's love. Spirit of God makes it real. It's like you did this morning in worship. And then... We believe. You say, Lord, I, I have. You've given me your faith to believe. I mean, if Jesus said you have to have faith and then made it so difficult to get faith you couldn't, it'd be unjust. But he's not, he just doesn't say you, can, you need faith. He says, I'll give you my faith. Woo! I remember when I was a little kid, I think I was like nine. And I wanted to get my dad a present for Christmas, especially my mom because she was sick. And, uh, you know, as any nine-year-old kid, I didn't have any money. I went to my dad and said, Dad, can I have, I think it was like 10 bucks back then. I said, I need $10. But see, I needed him to bless me so I could bless him back. Especially bless my mom back at that time. Man, I was nine years old. Somehow, I walked from my house to a pharmacy and bought some things. Glory to God. That's how it is with God, isn't it? God, I want to bless you, (laughs) but I need you to give me what I need to bless you. He says, all right. Glory to God. It's not like, yeah, I'm so spiritual. I deserve this. I got this. Now I'm going to lay this at your feet. It's not how it works. We've been given his faith. I quote this verse all the time, but I don't get tired of it. I've been crucified with Jesus. I died with him. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives within me. And the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God. That's grace, who loved me and gave himself up for me. All right. Amen. Man, you know, we did the names of God. The names of God are so we can see the heart of God. Man, you see the heart of God, and then you see that his heart is yours. See, that's that's the key to the miracle. 
being able to see into the heart of God through the word of God, and then understanding that his heart, his name, his life, it's yours. Woman with the issue of blood, she heard about Jesus. She heard that he was a healer. Anybody that touched him, virtue went out of him and healed. And this woman, probably under the Abrahamic covenant, she says, man, I've suffered all these years. I'm like a leper. I can't go out in public. I'm dying. All my money's gone. See, the miracle was not when the virtue flowed Primarily, that's not the primary miracle. The primary miracle is when this woman went from despair to hope, from unbelief to faith, and blessed be God, she saw three things. One, she saw Jesus was the Messiah. Second, she saw what was in him. Woo, was the provision for her need. And third, she saw that what was in him wasn't under lock and key, that it was hers, and she didn't have to break into it. All she had to do was receive it. She didn't have to break into it like you break into a bank. She had to come up with some combination to unlock it. Amen? She said, glory to God. It's not under lock and key. It's not about sovereignty. It's not about this. It's not about that. It's what's in him now being mine, and I'm going to take, receive it. That was the miracle that somebody saw that by the Holy Ghost. Someone shared with her. That's the miracle. The miracle is that his heart was open to her, to the taking, to the receiving. Glory to Jesus. Amen. I heard a story. Oh, let me share one thing for this. One of my favorite names of God is Yahweh Sehabath. The God, yes, of angel armies and angels, incredibly important. But the God who has a need to minister to our needs. Two of the main uh, parts of the name say above, or, or the name Kenna is intrinsic to it. God's jealousy for us, his jealous love, and his zeal. Oh, man, it means everything to me. God, see, is in motion already to minister to our needs. See, God is not potential. He is kinetic. You and I live in the potential too much. God's kinetic. He's already walking to you before you asked you to come. God's already on his way before you prayed. God is kinetic. God is ready to minister, ready to break through, ready to do it. We just have to agree. You don't get God off his throne. He's already off his throne. He's inside you to move. Glory. Amen. Man, I heard this story, and I I believe it's true. There's 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 a plane that had a large plane, had like 200 passengers on it. Huge plane. And it hit a lot of turbulence. I mean, to where, I mean, the, the seats were shaking. And, uh, man, everybody's fearful. 
you know, pretty much, you know what I'm saying? And man, some people were crying. Some people were praying. They never prayed before, you know what I'm saying? Listen, there's a lot of turbulence. I mean, the, you know, the drinks are shaking. The seats are set. And it's like, wow. And this lady looks, down, looks across from her. And there's this little boy, about nine years old. He's drawing a picture. And she keeps looking at him during the time. I mean, it's got bad. People are just crying. And she said, little boy, aren't you afraid? My daughter's crying. You're just drawing this, you know, this tree and the clouds and the sun and this and that. She said, you, he said, aren't you afraid? He said, no. He said, you got to be afraid. He said, uh, she said, what is up with you? He said, my dad's a pilot. And I trust him. Woo, glory. There's always going to be some turbulence, folks. I wish I could tell you there would not be turbulence in life. But there will be. But I can tell you this. Our father is a pilot. And as we trust him, he'll reign. I'm going to tell you something. We need to take that to the bank. Man, when, when you're facing sickness, my dad's the healer, and I trust him. When you're struggling with finances, my dad's the provider, and I trust him. Amen? When you're going through a hard time, you feel like someone's betrayed you. My dad has it under control, and I trust him. Man, you need deliverance. My dad is a deliverer, and I trust him. You say, I want to come into closer relationship with Jesus. My dad will bring it forth. Glory to God. He is the pilot. He is the king of kings. He is the Lord of lords. But he's my father. And I trust him. And Psalm 37, 5 says, trust in the Lord. And he will do it. Glory to God. That's how you enter into a miracle. Amen? That's how we enter into a miracle. Knowing that we can trust our Father. Knowing we can trust our Father. In Him is wholeness and life. And through Jesus, through the name of Jesus, the second Adam, by his grace, we've been placed in him. That what's in him, by Holy Ghost, is in us. Shh, glory to God. That's why, man, when you're believing for something, it doesn't seem like it just came to pass right away. That you know that it's done. Because your father sent his son. Mm. And by Holy Ghost... It will come to pass. Shh, glory to God. But listen to a series by Amy Frutiger. She's a regular house, just a regular lady, a powerful testimony. It's called Healed Overnight, but the manifestation came overnight. But man, she, was, she had a tumor for, I think, nine years. Looked like she was pregnant. 15-pound tumor on her stomach. Man, tremendous pain ostracized in school and then she got married a good guy and 
Man, it was a bad deal. She's hoping to have kids and didn't look like she could have kids. Looked like she's going to die. And, and man, his pastor's kid knew that God was real, but she got real with him. She said, show me your heart. Show me your heart. Holy Ghost said, 30 days, open up this word, and I will show you my heart as never before. And the 30th day, she said, I know that I'm healed. Well, she went down, got prayer at a church, a very good church, really good church in Ohio. But nothing seemed to happen. She seemed to get worse. Day after day after day. But she's thanking Jesus. Why? Because she saw the heart of God. That's the root of the miracle. In the 10th day, she's in bed. She, felt, she said, I went to bed and I felt worse than ever before. My spine was so bad it stuck out. It was, it was man, it wasn't even connected right. They couldn't do anything. I got a 15-pound tumor. I'm hurting so bad. But she said, thank you, Jesus, for healing me. Thank you for the power of your name. Thank you, Father, for sending Jesus. I mean, she just entered into the love of God. And she woke up and her husband says, Amy, look at your body, look at your body. She's not something was worse. She went in the mirror. The 15-pound tumor disappeared. A miracle took place in her spine. Perfectly whole. Those 10 days, she could have easily said, you know what? I'm not sure if my father's the pilot. I'm not sure that he loves me as much as somebody else. I'm not sure that he wants me home. But see, she already had the miracle in her heart. I guarantee you, you see it through the eyes of your spirit. You have faith through the mind. It's yours. That's when we speak. See, so many people are trying to speak their way into the miraculous without first seeing the one who's given the words that you do speak. I'm all for speaking. Believe me, out of the abundance of your heart, you speak. I believe, therefore I spoke. Faith has to be in two places, in your heart and in your mouth. Amen. Believe me. I believe that. All right. So let's look at a few more things, all right, and see how far we get. Ooh, glory to God. Again, one of my favorite verses, Hebrews 11, says, Moses endured seeing him who was invisible. Figure that out, right? Obviously, he's talking about seeing into the spirit realm. Man, we just did some CDs, seeing into the spirit realm around the table. Very powerful. And we, we share this principle because it's so powerful. 2 Kings 2, Elijah told Elijah, man, if you see me, if you see into the spirit realm, you have what you believe. You have to see it first before the miracle becomes yours. And because he entered in the right way, man, he went, Gilgal, equippings, you know, represents salvation, baptism, Holy Ghost, you know, uh, Bethel, church. A lot of people struggle with church because we're all, nobody's perfect. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not going to go to church because, you know, there's hypocrites there. Really? Man, if you're looking for a perfect church, don't go there. It won't be perfect long. We're all human. 
But church is the way God, man, it's an awesome thing. It's an awesome place. And then Jericho, you, you, just, you don't get filled, you get filled to give. And then the Jordan where you die to yourself. Where you don't make excuses, you just die to yourself. Amen? All right. And he, 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 he saw in the spirit realm. You can see in the spirit realm right now because you've been made righteous. The eyes to see. And man, the mantle came to him. It was, see, but the miracle was that he sowed to the heart of God. You know, I was shared this many times. That man, when you see the eyes of God through the word of God by the Holy Ghost, it changes your life. You know, that song, man, I, you know, I, I never want to talk like you're not in the room. Amen. Misty Edwards wrote that years ago. Kim Walker recorded after. Man, but she said, give me dove's eyes. The eyes of a dove are amazing. The dove's eyes, they focus. They have a focus that's amazing. Give us dove's eyes just to look at Jesus. Amen? Let us see that he's focused on us. Deuteronomy 32.10, it says that we are the apple of his eye. Hebrew word ishon, I-S-H-O-N, the retina of his eye. Man, you get a detached retina, a scratched retina. Man, it's profoundly painful. You don't hurt without him hurting. And I tell you what, he will come to us. Isaiah 49, 16. Man, your picture's engraved on the palms of his hands. Wow. I mean, most of us, I mean, you got your children, you got your picture on your, your mantle, in your wallet, your grandkids. You know, or your nephews or your nieces, whoever. Why? 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 Because of what they mean to you. You're, you are engraved on his hands. Intimacy. Glory to God. Intimacy. All right. He yearns. The Holy Ghost yearns to touch us. He brooded over the void before creation happened. He hungers. He hovers. Man, you are positioned so well because you're a child of God. You're a lightning rod for the heart of God. Let me share real quick at top of this. Go with me to six. 2 Kings 18, we're going to look at this quickly and then pray, okay? Are you excited about this? I'll tell you what. This is what makes... See, you want to find the verses that make you tick. Seriously. You want to find the verses that make you tick. I mean, I know I share on John 17, 26 a lot, but it makes me tick. I will manage. Jesus is, Jesus is very assertive in that. 
Man, I, I, I did a walk I think last Wednesday, and uh, I should have said uh, Bible study. I, I didn't, you know, walk for about an hour down at the mall, at Clearview Mall, and man, the Holy Ghost just came. I'm shouting. I'm like heaven, man. It's like I couldn't contain it. Glory to God. And man, I saw Jesus praying that prayer. He says, I have declared thy name, meaning I manifested your name to these men. They never saw me lose. They never saw someone come to me. Man, that, 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 you know, I healed them all. I manifested your name. I washed your feet, man, to teach them. I manifested your name of humility. I manifested your name of goodness. I manifested your name of provision. I have manifested thy name. And I'm like, woo, Jesus. I'm like, seriously, I know a little crazy. But I'll tell you what, I couldn't help it. And then he says, I will manifest it to every person that believes. Woo, glory. I will manifest it to every person that believes. And I'm thinking, that's me. So that the love that I was loved with, the love that I was loved with, can you get that? Wow. Will be in them. Woo, Jesus! And I, Man, when I pray, I claim, Lord, I just thank you that the love that Jesus was loved with is healing me. The, the love that Jesus was loved with is providing for me. The love that Jesus was loved with is giving me favor with God and man. The love that Jesus was loved with floats my boat, makes my life worth living. Wow. And enables me to share that love. All right, let's see how far we get with 2 Kings 18. Verse 30, there's a guy who's a bad guy, Sennacherib, represents the devil, okay? His name's Sennacherib. And uh, and he was mocking Israel. Jehoshaphat was king at the time. And Jehoshaphat, the Bible says, was one of the greatest kings ever lived. Amen? Right, one of the sons of David, just a great guy. And uh, so he comes and just mocks Hezekiah. And then he tells all the people, because he destroyed every nation, I mean, that surrounded them. He said, don't let Hezekiah make you trust in the Lord. Wow. That's pretty strong. Because he says, the Lord will surely deliver us. And this city shall not be delivered into the hand of the king of Assyria. That's the devil, man. It's not going to work. It's not going to come to pass. Man, you go over to 19.4. And Hezekiah says, man, listen to these words. God, he's come against you, not just me. Then you, then you go to the, the verse uh, 18. And, and uh, there's so much here. I'm just trying to, for time's sake, just to, Oh, man. And he prays a prayer in 19, and he says, God, in verse 11, you've heard the king of Assyria, what he said. He's going to destroy us. But he says, I believe in you. And then something in verse 20 is very interesting. 
Then Isaiah, the son of Amos, sent to Hezekiah, saying, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, That which thou hast prayed to me against the Sennacherib, I have heard. Here's what's really interesting. So Hezekiah prays this prayer, right? Then the prophet, obviously, he didn't hear the prayer that Hezekiah prayed. But in the spirit, God ministers to Isaiah prophetically and says, go tell Hezekiah, I've heard every word he prayed. And that God wants you to know, he's heard what you prayed. He's heard what you prayed. Woo! Glory to God. But it gets better and better. And the reason I'm sharing this is so you can see the heart of God. All right? So it goes on to, so it, it goes on to say, where God says, I know what you've said to them. I know you said that you would destroy them. I know that you said that there's no way out for them. All right? But what happens is this. God says these words. He says, I know your abode. I know where you live. I know what you've said. And you've not only done this to them, but to me. And he says, you will not lay a hand on them. Jesus. Oh, my. Oh, Jesus. And victory shall be theirs. Oh, Jesus. We're talking in 2 Kings 19, 27. God says, I know you're bold. I know you're going out. I know you're coming in and you're raging against me. That God knows the people are trying to hurt you. God knows the demons are raging against you. And he says, you know what? It's not going to come to pass. You're the one that's going to be destroyed. Glory to God. And he says this, no one will be hurt. And in verse 35, it's so powerful. 2 Kings 19, 35. It says, it came to pass that night that the angel of the Lord went out. Some people say this was Jesus himself. And smote in the camp of the Assyrians 185,000 of his men. And when they arose early in the morning, behold, they were all dead corpses. But it gets better. So Sennacherib, king of Assyria, departed and went and returned and dwelt in Nineveh. And it came to pass, as he was worshiping in the house of his god, Nisrash, that his own sons smote him with a sword and murdered him. And his other son reigned in his place. But what is so powerful? The Bible says it is the zeal of God that did this. Oh, Jesus. You see, God is not going to let you. He's not going to let you or me not win. 
He's not going to let you and me lose. Because through his son, through his son, he has already given the victory. We want miracles and we've seen them and we're going to get a thousand percent more. But when people ask, you know, how'd this miracle happen? No one without eyes receiving eyes. Or a person on drugs for, man, I was ministering to someone two weeks ago, 30 years on heroin. How do you live after 30 years of heroin? And Jesus delivered them. When they ask you, you don't say, give them a formula. You say, it's because I saw the heart of God. I saw the heart of God. Through the blood of his son, through the power of his spirit, I know my God. I didn't do it. God didn't ask me to do it. He said, you plant, you water, and I will do it. What does it mean to be a witness? It means to see something that you will testify to. I've seen the heart of God. And you have to. And we want to see it more clearly and testify to it. In our own lives, for our own families, for our own church, for our community, for the body of Christ at large, and for the world. I'm going to testify to what I've seen. I'm going to testify. I'm going to give witness that I've seen the stripes taken and that I'm whole. I'm going to give witness that I've experienced the reality of sonship through the presence of my Father, through the revelation given me when I get in this word. I'm going to testify that my God is good, that he is amazingly good in both his grace and mercy. And I'm going to walk through the blood of Jesus Christ and the testimony that I testify to. And I'm going to overcome because Holy Ghost will always bear witness to the blood of Jesus and the testimony that confirms his word according to his word. Man, I know about you. Man, isn't life good? You say, man, there's trials. There's this, I get it. Let me just say this last thing. You know, I was, really, I mean, I was so tired last night. Jesus came. I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't go to bed. His presence came. His presence came today. His presence comes to each of us, doesn't it? Man, I can sense Jesus. Can you sense Jesus? Man, if the God of the universe brings his presence to you through the blood of his son and speaks to you, I love you as much as my love, my only begotten son, will he not with him give you all good things? 
The God who speaks to you. The God who manifests his presence. The God who protects you. The God who's given you his word. The God who indwells you by his spirit. The God who longs to lift you up. The God who lets you see him. Will he not minister to our every need? As a father do us through a son. I'm not afraid of the terror that flies by night, Psalm 91. Whether it's a plague or whether it's this or whether it's that. Not because of who I am. Because of who my father is. There's turbulence. It's shaky sometimes. But my father's the pilot. There's that little boy with childlike faith. I trust him because the God who died for me, the God who comes to me day after day, is God who reigns. Amen. Stand with me if you will. Who, Jesus! If you're listening to my voice right now and you don't know God Almighty as your Savior, Jesus Christ as your Savior, you need to run to Him. He's run to you. Run to Him and say, I'm so sorry for living my own life and my own lust and my own for pleasure. Pride. You're the only one that can do for me but my heart cries out to do. You're the only one. You're the only one. You're the only one. To say, Jesus, I'm so sorry. I repent of my sins of not letting you be Lord. Be my Lord and Savior. And if you're listening to this now as a Christian, and you're saying, man, I have things upside down. Man, I thought when I got the provision, I'd worship him. You did Regarding my specific needs, you need to understand you got the provision because you're his child.